welcome back to Go For Set Deck. I'm your host, Shana Warsham. I wanted to do a quick shout out to my amazing podcast editor, Joel Yetton. He is an absolute wizard and fixed all of my problems on my first episode because for some reason I thought that I was going to be able to edit this myself. He saved me. He came in, swooped in like a savior little Pegasus and fixed the podcast with all his magical wizard skills. And I am so grateful. If you want to follow him on Instagram, because he's awesome, his handle is J-O-E-L, Joel, Y-E-A-T-O-N. And he's great. I've known him since college, and I'm very grateful to have someone with the skill of editing podcasts handy, because I don't know what I'm doing. This is all a mystery. We're doing this together. I have a blanket over my head in my living room, so got to be candid and honest and upfront with you guys. We're not a classy production over here. So he's doing this out of the bottom of his heart for the time being until I pay him, which I will. Definitely happening. Which is my clever segue into begging you for money at our Patreon, which is Go For Set Deck. And if you find that and donate money, it goes to the pockets of the good people that are helping me make this happen and keeping it ad-free. I'm hoping to add a question situation into this for all my Patreons that start donating, where anyone who is a Patreon, their questions will be put to the top of the list for all of my guests that I will definitely have in the future. So I also have to do a quick shout out to the amazing Brittany Harold. She is such a wonderful human being and truly a top rock star in all ways, shape, and form, except without the musical aspect of rock starness, because she is the one who did my cover art, and I'm very thrilled about it. She's an amazing artist, absurdly talented, and just such a lovely human being. I could not stress that part more. She's one of the best people I've ever met in the whole universe. Brittany did the cover art, and as you can see, it's magnificent and beautiful in so many ways. And if you want to follow her Instagram handle, which she's probably going to punch me in the face later for giving this because she does not like attention, but she deserves every inch of it. Her handle is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-Y-H-A-R-O-L-D underscore. The underscore is kind of sneaky. So you got to throw it in there if you want to find the right one. And she does a bunch of illustrations that are amazing and beautiful. And her creativity really inspires me to try to be better at artwork and learn more about art history because she knows so much about it and her brain is impressive. So I'm going to stop talking about really great people in my life because I don't want to make you guys jealous. I mean, I kind of do because they're really great and you should have them in your life too. But I'm going to start our first mini-sode. And all of my mini-sodes, I have decided, are going to be industry stories. Woo! For some reason, I'm sure that really surprises you that you came to a film industry podcast and I'm about to tell you a film industry story. Well, surprise, surprise, here it is. I'm actually going to talk about my first job in the industry because it's kind of a weird roller coaster ride. And I feel like a lot of people don't have similar experiences because I have lived in three 
states that have work in the film industry or offer work in the film industry, I should say. They are all different when you're trying to break into the industry. They have different approaches. So my story starts in L.A. Well, actually, my story started in film school because I went I went to film school. I was one of those people. But I always decided that I was going to move back to L.A. because California is where I'm from and it has always felt like home to me. So back I was going at the end of graduation. So I was living in the time, the wonderful, mysterious days of MapQuest and people thinking Craigslist was a safe place. Yes, you heard that Craigslist and safe in the same sentence as your brain melted because it should have. Craigslist is not a safe place and don't ever consider it a safe place, please. I don't condone that. I saw this great ad on Craigslist for gigs and services, and it was for an internship for a low-key popular show that was, I'm not going to name names because I really don't want to get sued. Don't have the time for that nonsense, but it was for a TV show that was a comedy base and very quirky and weird is kind of what their brand of humor was. And they are two guys making a show. So I saw this ad needing an art department intern. Really, they were they were looking for all interns, production interns, art department interns, all kinds of interns. I wanted to be their art department intern and there was only two intern spots. So I decided I needed one of those ones. And in order to get the job, I had this really grand idea where I packed up my car in the middle of the night that I graduated, the same night that I graduated. I said goodbye to my friends at a goodbye party. While everyone drank, I decided to drive across the country from Florida to California. If anyone ever listens to this podcast that is not from America... Florida to California is roughly 3,000, a little over 3,000 miles. Uh, It's very far. This is not a short distance. It's large. It's supposed to take you maybe six days if you do it comfortably and happily, or if you have pets and don't want to murder yourself or your pets by the end of the trip, you do it in six days. Well, I did it in three, which I can tell you is not ideal. Don't recommend Zero out of zero recommends. So I got into my interview after I was driving through the night and changed my clothes in a gas station because I had slept in my car because I'm super classy. Brushed my teeth in that gas station, very bougie establishment called uh, 7-Eleven. I go to this interview in kind of like a button-down white shirt and like black slacks because I thought, you know, Interviews were supposed to be professional and on a professional level. Well, little did I know that is a way to get made fun of if you walk into an interview dressed like that for an art department intern position for a quirky uh, comedy show for these two guys. It's not the, not the clothes you should be wearing when you want to go into this interview. So instantly, everyone thought I was very odd because I didn't come in jeans and just a regular shirt. So that was cool. Learned that lesson. V quick. As a 20 year old at this point, I might've been 19 actually. I can do math, but I'm not going to. 19 or 20 year old. I awkwardly begged for a non-paid internship position 
that was going to be roughly 12 hours a day. And the upside was that they provided you industry experience, quote unquote, and the lunch was included. So yay, I was going to get fed whether I liked it or not. They were buying my lunch and I was really pumped about it. I didn't have a place to live. So I was crashing in my best friend, childhood best friend's house, Danielle. She offered me to sleep in her bed with her until I could get a job or until I could get work and a place of my own in the city of Hollywood. And so I thought that was great, but she lived in Rancho Cucamonga or technically Alta Loma where we're from. So I was driving about an hour and a half into work and then an hour and a half home. Cause no matter when I left or when I was going, there was rush hour traffic. It just happened to line up even with my sweet ass 12 hour days. That was cool. My 12 hour days kind of stretched into 14 hours or 16 hours kind of depending on what we were doing on the day. So that eventually became kind of like a survival game that I had to play with myself in my car. This big metal box, who's going to win if I fall asleep at the wheel? (laughs) Probably not going to be the car. I will definitely win. I'm just kidding. It would have been the car. The car would have won. Well, to my absolute shock, I got hired. I got the job. Turns out people weren't lining out the door to work on a low-budget, non-union comedy show. <laughs> Those silly gooses. Don't worry, everyone. I actually know that it's geese, silly geese. But there's a fun fact about this that I just learned because I was l- looking up weird things. And you use the word geese for one, two, four, and eight geese. But you use gooses for five, six, and seven which gooses is really fun to say. So I vote for gooses only to travel in five, six, and eight packs. Oh, sorry, five, six, and seven packs. But who knows what you do for three of those birds? Dictionary.com that gave me this fact, they decided that they were going to be real cute and leave out what you're supposed to do for three. And they would make us wonder for all of eternity, or maybe I'm the only one that's going to wonder for all of eternity, but someone's definitely going to wonder for all of eternity. Or... Maybe someone just fell asleep on the job and forgot how to count. And they said one, two, four, eight, five, six, and seven, and just forgot the three because they had to order it in a weird way. Well, it's hard to be sure. So I'm going to, I'm going to vote for someone fell asleep on the job and forgot the number three. If someone has any insight on this, I would, I'm genuinely curious and I would love to know the answer. But anyways, (laughs) that was a tangent and too bad I led you on to believe that this was a podcast about set deck when really I meant grammar and fun facts. (laughs) All right. Well, I believe I worked on the show for somewhere around three months. It was a really rough 80 years, guys. I didn't fit in. I felt like the awkward kid that was the only one who didn't get let in on the inside jokes because I wasn't the right quote unquote brand of awkward which is very LA. If you've lived there, you know what I mean? I just couldn't quite get the right vibe with people. And I'm pretty awkward. I just hide it well with experience and learning how to like, you know, blend with other people. But I was not blending. I was just being weird and kooky and no one liked it. (laughs) But to be real, 
Interning is very hard. Working in a new industry is very hard. You're at a weird age where you feel like you're going back to middle school and everything is awful because you don't know anything and you're at the bottom of the food chain. So if anyone is starting out, I just want to say don't give up. Believe in yourself and feel sure of yourself because one day you'll find your people and you'll find your calling. No matter what it is, I am very adamant that you kind of crawl into your own destiny. I used crawl because I have this weird imagery about crabs where scientists did a study that the crabs on, I forget what the island is. I think it's Christmas Island. Don't hold me to it because I, again, not a science podcast. But crabs, basically, they pro- they were proving that crabs have a, dis- a destined line that they walk for their whole life. Like their whole life is planned out because they have this path in their brain that they're going to follow regardless of what is in the way of this path. And they, I think they actually did prove it on Christmas Island because crabs were walking all kinds of weird ways. They don't skip over objects. Like they don't move out of the way of objects or around them. If their path is over an object, they'll climb that object, whether it be a rock or 15 crabs because you're on a crab island. Uh, they'll, they'll climb right over it. And really, if you're starting in the industry, picture yourself as a crab and you have a destined path that you're going to take and you're always going to end up where you're supposed to be. Whether it's a really, really big rock that you have to climb over and get through, or it's just a couple friendly crabs that you're going to climb over and... and uh, get to some sand or maybe it's just some sand and it's a real nice path at that time in your path. So trust yourself and believe in yourself and don't give up if you want it. If you don't want it, yeah, fuck that, leave (laughs) because it doesn't get better. (laughs) I struggled with this internship mostly because I didn't fit in and I didn't feel like I was doing a good job and I'm quite the perfectionist. So not doing a good job is actually not an option for me. So it made me try harder and I got weirder. Didn't think it was possible, but it was. So I ended up finishing this internship, but I am going to tell you a couple little nuggets that I took away from it. That were some of my biggest lessons. I don't really know how to explain experience. You can't give someone the gift of experience. You have to live it. And the thing that I mostly learned from this internship was I was going to have to learn a lot of hard lessons through experience, which honestly, if you're starting in the film industry, you're going to have nothing but hardships unless you have a family member. Or if you're a teamster that drives a truck, you got a maid, you're making lots of money, you drive a truck, you get to nap sometimes. I'm not shitting on the Teamsters. I'm saying they did it right. They got their union and union up and got their rates really nice and cushy. And they do their job and everyone shows up to set safe. So we love the Teamsters. But man, did I get into the wrong branch of the industry because my job is not cushy. (laughs) Yes, but back to experience. You can't give the gift of experience. You have to learn it. And it tends to come with not so great, nice ways of learning it. My number one lesson with this was because the two comedians I was working for, their names are one syllable. 
I had this really intense fear that I was going to mess up their names and call the one call one person one name and the other person the other name. Now keep in mind I am not, you know, confident in my actions at this moment and I was doing make I think I was doing makeup on one of these guys for like a Halloween party or a dodgeball game or something. And so I was like, yeah, okay, like I'll do your makeup while the other art department intern did the other person's makeup. Well, one guy decided he wanted to play a joke on the other guy. So he involved me, which I was so excited because I was finally involved in one of the jokes, right? Wrong. Nope. I was too much pressure. I buckled. And as I'm telling the one guy's joke, I called him by the wrong name. So to make this confusing because I won't use her name, say it's Bert and Ernie. I called Ernie Bert and Bert Ernie, and Bert really didn't appreciate that. He was very offended, and my life was not awesome for the next month. (laughs) So that was cool. I was nervous. My hands were super sweaty, and going into work was even worse because now the talent of the show, the people that I'm working for, the reason that we're making this show, and the reason I'm part of it hates me. But I'm so insignificant, really, that he's going to forget about it and it's not a big deal. But it was my entire universe in that moment. So that was cool. Another lesson I learned is if you rent something and you don't want L&D, don't mix it with real food, which you would think would be a lesson you don't have to learn, but you do. We did an episode of the show And it was a giant party at this really bougie, fancy LA house. Party was hopping, lots of music, lots of amazingly beautiful people. Our main silly characters were showing up and being silly. There's some gag where I guess like shrimp either gets eaten or thrown somewhere or something happens with shrimp, right? So to save money on shrimp, my designer decorator person, because she was all of the things, not one thing, because it was non-union. Let me just remind you of that fact. She rented half the shrimp and she purchased half real shrimp. Well, fast forward 20 hours later, because we shot for 20 hours that night, I think. And when we wrapped, the person who knew that we had rented shrimp put all of the fake and real shrimp in one bag. And then we had a weekend. So LA gets pretty hot in the summer. I think this year it actually got up to 114 degrees Fahrenheit, which is bananas. But I just want you to picture the smell of shrimp after two days in the sun. The sunny LA heat. Two days. Shrimp. Fish. The thing that you're not supposed to put in Son, you're supposed to refrigerate it. Now that I was really clear about that, someone had to clean the fake shrimp because they reeked of disgusting real shrimp, which was very gross. And another really fun fact about this situation is I'm a vegetarian (laughs) and I don't eat shrimp. So this was mega disgusting. And I was the person that they decided was going to clean the dirty gross shrimp and separate the rental shrimp from the real shrimp. I had such an honor doing this job. 
I think it was because everyone didn't like me. So I was instantly voted the person to do this. But you know, I could just be sens- highly sensitive to this uh, situation and, and made a backstory of, you know, me doing something because they didn't like me, but whatever. I lay out these shrimps and it's disgusting. Everything smells. I separate the real shrimp from the fake shrimp, which was a disgusting situation because the only way to tell was the squishiness of them. They kind of all had different colors, everything blended together. And so you had to tell if they were real or not by squishing them. So I separated out the real shrimp. I threw those away. It was disgusting, a horrible event for sure. One for the books. And then I Lysoled the shit out of the rental shrimp, but one Lysol wasn't enough. I had to go through with some bleach and I had to individually clean 200 pieces of rental shrimp. So then that way we didn't get a loss and damage charge put on our production for the shrimp that we just mixed in with some real shrimp. I uh, really hated that moment of my life. (laughs) There are certain people when they get really mad and huffed up about something that you ask them to do, their retort tends to be, well, have you ever done this? And it's very aggressive and it's always out of stress and pressure. And I tend to understand the reaction because I get in my head sometimes with, with that feeling, but a tip for everyone, don't take it out on other people. Don't be a dick. Our world will be better with less dicks. So don't be one, but I will always remember the shrimp story and really want to tell them the shrimp story because it was a full on 12 hour day of cleaning disgusting shrimp from disgusting real shrimp. And I'm asking them to reorganize a shelf. So (laughs) comparatively, I would take the shelf organizing, but unless you've smelled really gross shrimp, you might not understand how bad it is. That was my life lesson. Number two in the industry is if you don't want L and D take better care of your stuff that you rent. So that was a good one. Well, at this point, I was pretty down in the dumps and the producer of the show kind of noticed that I was, you know, internally getting a lot more quiet. I would eat lunch downstairs on the stairs by myself while everyone else ate together and I'd make up some excuse like, oh, you know, I have to make a phone call to my person that I have somewhere. And they're like, cool, cool. Well, they would laugh and joke and I would go eat by myself because I felt like it felt nicer. I didn't have the pressure. I didn't have the stress and it was my moment. So he kind of, he saw me like starting to recoil a bit. And I think he just really felt bad because he identified with that moment. And, you know, you're going to work in an environment where you don't fit in. He kind of identified with it is my assumption. And so he decided that I was going to start doing makeup for the show. And a lot of the time, the guest stars that came onto the show were very famous people doing ridiculous bits with this two comedy duo team. And so he would hire me and he'd pay me a hundred dollars a day to just hang out and either do makeup or don't do makeup if they had a makeup artist. And let me tell you, I called my mom the instant he told me I was going to make a hundred dollars a day because I was so thrilled. And I think if you break it down, it comes out to like, I don't know, $8 an hour or like minimum wage basically in California, which is kind of funny because I was so excited about it. 
And I felt like I was going to be super rich because I was making $100 a day for a 14-hour day, but whatever. <laughs> I was pumped. And those moments where I was doing makeup or pretending to do makeup on set really taught me a lot about just trying to help the people you're seeing struggling on set. And I think I noticed him reaching out in that way and, and helping me because he probably went through the same thing. And if there's anything I could say to everyone is just please take care of the people that are you're working with, your crew. You know, everyone has a bad day and sometimes we're all dicks and that's just the way life goes. But if you have someone that you see struggling or an intern or an entry-level position, a PA, don't treat them terribly because you're probably the 17th person to treat them terribly. And it just really sucks when you're at the bottom of the totem pole and, you know, you're the person that's getting everyone to sit on your face. So it's not great. I'm sure someone likes it, but you know, it's not for everyone. Yeah. So I was grateful for that. It changed my world because I was finally making money and I ended up being able to save up some of that money to pay some people back that had let me borrow money to move to California, which I thought was really awesome. I have great friends on occasion. <laughs> so that is my story of how I got started in the industry. Uh, feel free to email your personal stories of anything industry related, how you started, weird things that have happened to you, funny intern stories, stories of MapQuest or, you know, Craigslist encounters also down for those because it's a wild world. And, uh, I might read some of them eventually. But the email for those emails to get sent to, you might need. And it's goforsetdeckpodcast at gmail.com. And the Instagram is also goforsetdeckpodcast. And the Patreon is also goforsetdeckpodcast. You can find us on all those platforms. I'm working on Facebook, but not quite there yet. But uh, thank you so much for listening. If you have made it through not only episode one, this mini-sode, let me tell you, I am so happy you didn't give up on me because, man, I shoved a lot of information down your brain's throat in that first episode. And so I really, really appreciate you just listening to me talk. And it's really cool that you're hanging out with me. And I thank you. So I'm just going to say that you're an exceptional human and thank you for always being exceptional. I'm going to sign off. And I hope you uh, join me for my next episode where I hope to do my first interview. Thanks. Bye-bye.